Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. The gut is often referred to as the second brain because it has its own enteric nervous system that works independently of our cerebrum. The gut helps in our decision-making, hence the term trust your gut. And what's your gut instinct telling you? People think that love begins in the heart, but actually it comes from the gut. That's why you get butterflies in your stomach when you fall in love. Scientists used to believe our emotions originated in the brain. But new research shows it may actually come from the gut. Think about that. If you were to hear bad news that a family member was just in a severe car accident, where would you feel the pain? Immediately in your gut. This is where the term gut-wrenching news comes from. If you're afraid of heights and you look out of a high-rise building window, you'd feel that in your gut. The digestive tract controls our personality, our mood, and even our hormones. What's the magical Oz behind the curtain that has so much control over our body? It's called the microbiome, a group of good microorganisms that live in our gut. When they don't function properly, this can lead to food intolerance, obesity, irritable bowel syndrome, autoimmune disease, depression, thyroid disease, and even cancer. Today, I'm going to be sharing how to heal your gut and reach your optimal health. Don't go anywhere. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. More people are suffering from gut issues today than ever in history. Everything from heartburn, food sensitivities, irritable bowel, to autoimmune diseases like Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. And most experts, they blame a dysfunctional gut on the food we eat. However, we can't put all the blame on food. You see, our grandparents didn't have the gut issues that we have today Yet they ate the same food. Think about it. They ate chicken and pizza and hamburgers and potato chips and sweets. What has changed during our generation is the chemicals found inside of our food, the cookware we prepare our food on, and even the containers we store our food in. These contain chemicals that can destroy the healthy microbiome of our gut. When our delicate, friendly bacteria are exposed to harsh chemicals, it can also cause difficulty digesting certain foods that used to not bother you before, like gluten. We've all heard everybody has such a sensitivity to gluten, but think about this. Why all this sudden in the last couple of decades has digesting gluten become such an issue for so many people. Don't blame the food. We've been eating gluten for three and a half million years. In fact, research from the University of Utah shows our caveman ancestors' diet was 40% gluten-containing grains. Why do so many people find it difficult to digest gluten today? Because when the microbes of our gut are damaged, this creates inflammation, which makes gluten more difficult to digest. One thing we can blame on destroying our gut is the pesticides that are sprayed on our wheat, on our fruits, and on our vegetables. The most common is called glyphosate, created by Monsanto. It's, you know, it's great at killing bugs. That's what it does, and it makes the farmers happy, right? Because there's no bugs eating the produce, but it also kills the healthy bugs that line our colon. Ingesting this chemical destroys our friendly bacteria, creates inflammation, which leads to what's referred to as leaky gut syndrome. This is a major cause of fatigue, memory loss, irritable bowel, autoimmune disease, headaches. The list goes on and on and on. So how can you keep pesticides from damaging your gut? Eat USDA certified organic food. I recently published an article called Eating Organic Doesn't Break the Bank. And in this article, I share how you can buy organic nuts and fruits and veggies cheaper 
than the same conventionally grown items. And you can read this article at drdavidfriedman.com. Now, is it crucial to buy everything organic? I always get asked that question. I got to buy everything organic. No, I use a rule of thumb to decide. Actually, it's a rule of thumb nail. If you can take your fingernail and you can puncture the skin of a fruit or vegetable, more than likely pesticide can also penetrate the skin. So always buy organically when it comes to things like apples, celery, pears, blueberries, and strawberries. Not so important when buying thick-skinned produce like eggplant, kiwi, avocados, bananas, or coconuts. Now, how can you tell if a product is organic or not? You can play detective by following the numbers. You look at the PLU sticker that stands for Price Lookup Code. And if you see on that little sticker, if you see a series of numbers that starts with a 9, it's organic. If you see it starting with the number 8, it means it's GMO. Stay away. So the saying that that I used to remember this is 9 is fine, but 8 isn't great. See, always remember that. 9 is fine, 8 isn't great when you look at that number. Now, when it comes to wine, you may want to avoid vino from California. A recent study found 100% of all wine samples tested positive for glyphosate, and one brand actually had 28 times higher levels of pesticide than organic wine. So, you're better off with organic wine from the U.S. or opt for wine from Italy, Chile, or Argentina. Those are your best options. Another thing that can be wreaking havoc on your gut is perfluorinated chemicals like PFOA. Now, that stands for perfluorooctanoic acid. That's a mouthful. Perfluorooctanoic acid, it's a mouthful when you say it, but it shouldn't be a mouthful literally, and it is if you're eating food cooked on nonstick cookware or if you're eating fast food served in grease-resistant wrappers. Simple solution? Avoid nonstick cookware. Instead, you go for the stainless steel, tempered glass, ceramic, or stoneware, and you don't have to worry about that problem. Another common gut-destroying chemical is called BPA. That's bisphenol A. It's used to make plastic beverage and food containers and water bottles. It's also used to make thermal imaging papers like theater tickets, airline tickets, ATM receipts, and grocery store receipts. So when you go to the grocery store and the cashier hands you the receipt, ask him to please put it in the bag. And if you do touch it, wash your hands as soon as possible. To make sure your plastic containers are BPA-free, there's a little little detective work you can do. Look on that little um, recycle emblem, and you want to look for three or seven, and you want to stay away from those items. So if you see one, two, or five, it's safe to use. So a saying I came up to, if you want to remember that, is seven or three, it's not for me. Stay away from those. Those have BPA. Also, don't microwave plastic containers. Instead, use glass or ceramic containers. And one more gut-destroying chemical that I want to share is called phthalates. This chemical is an endocrine-disrupting plasticizer. It's also been linked to causing cancer. You don't want it in your body. And phthalates are found in dairy products due to the plastic tubing used to melt cows and meat products from the plastic wrapping. It can even be in your shower curtain. That's right, your shower curtain could be the reason you're having gut issues. When you take a hot shower and you breathe those tiny particles of water after they've hit that shower curtain, it can damage your gut. Simple solution? Buy a phthalate-free shower curtain. It's available at Amazon, not expensive, also Bed Bath & Beyond. So let me spell that for you because it's spelled a little weird. The pH is silent. It's P-H-T. 
H-A-L-A-T-E-S, phthalates. And if you constantly struggle with your weight, no matter what diet you try, these gut-destroying chemicals that I'm talking to you about today could be to blame. In fact, last year, Harvard released a study showing that obese people have more of these perfluorinated chemicals in their body than thin people. How's that for solid proof? <laughs> we, we can't blame everything on food. It's not all about food. You know, these chemicals, they're inside food. They're wrapped around our food. And even in the cook where we prepare our food on, that needs to be eliminated. That's destroying our gut. In my book, Food Sanity, I share additional tips on how to avoid these gut-destroying chemicals. But hopefully, I've shared enough with you today to at least get you started on a pathway to better health. Okay, let's talk about food now. You know, there are certain foods. Foods that are tough on the gut and you should eliminate them or at the very least, at least cut back on them. The first gut destroyer, which I consider public enemy number one, is dairy. Milk contains a protein called casein and casein from cow's milk is also used to make glue to hold together wood. Think of the cow logo on Elmer's glue. Ding, ding, ding. When you swallow this glue-like substance, what it does is it creates inflammation in the gut and your body attacks it by producing histamines, which causes mucus production in the gut. And you know what that can lead to? All types of things. It can lead to bloating, irritable bowel syndrome, and diarrhea. Humans, we just don't have the enzymes needed to break down the high amount of casein found in milk. So think about this. What was casein designed for? Common sense, casein was designed to turn a 100-pound calf into a 2,000-pound cow. That's what casein's for. It's the protein to fatten up a cow. That's why they have the term fat cow. It's because of the casein. So common sense question, would you use rocket fuel in the engine of your moped? No. Why would you use gigantic, huge-sized protein molecules in your little body? It's creates inflammation. Stay away from it. So if you want to heal your gut, get off cow's milk. Number one rule. No if, ands, or buts. Get off the cow's milk. There's no need for it. So many great alternatives out there. You've got almond milk, cashew hemp milk, or rice milk. None of those harm the gut. You can put them in your cereal, pour them in your coffee. You don't need cow's milk. Okay, the next food item that you should avoid or at least cut back on if you're a diehard lover of red meat I don't recommend it. I devote an entire chapter on this topic in Food Sanity. But here's the nutshell version. Red meat is very hard to digest. And because humans have longer intestinal tract compared to carnivores, the remnants of red meat remain in the colon longer, leading to putrefaction, which can turn into ammonia and a waste product called uric acid. Now this acid, what it does, it destroys the intestinal flora. And when uric acid remains stagnant in the colon for too long, it will get absorbed into the bloodstream, which can contribute to all types of things from arthritis, hypertension, increased risk of type 2 diabetes, the list goes on and on. Compared to other animal foods, red meat is the most difficult to digest. Fish takes 30 minutes to digest, chicken takes 90 minutes, and red meat can take up to five hours. And if you don't eat enough fiber, it can cling to the intestinal walls for weeks undigested. Because carnivores have a short and smooth-shaped colon, guess what? They don't need fiber in their diet. We do. And I'll share an interesting um, study. It was uh, the National Academy of Sciences about four years ago. They discovered a unique molecule called NAU5GC, 
which is found abundant in cows. And when we eat this molecule, what it does is it triggers an immune response that leads to chronic inflammation, which has been linked to colon cancer. Among all victims of cancers, colon cancer is the second leading cause of death. The more red meat you eat, guess what? The more likely you are to get colon cancer. That's not my opinion, folks. That's the facts. There's so many institutes and journals that have proven this. But one was interesting was the most authoritative report on colon cancer risk to date was published by the World Cancer Research Fund International. And they concluded half of colon cancer would be prevented if people ate less red meat. Also, it's well known that if we take antibiotics, it destroys the lining of our gut, right? Everyone knows that. That's why they dread getting on that antibiotics. They know what it's going to do. And everybody's heard the saying, you are what you eat. Well, guess what? It goes a step further. You are what your meat eats. And 80% of antibiotics used in the United States <clears throat> are given to livestock. And number one on the list is cows. That's right. Cows are Big Pharma's number one customer when it comes to antibiotics. And when you eat the meat of a cow, guess what? You're consuming the gut-destroying antibiotics that the animal ate. So cut back or eliminate red meat and instead, you know, go with, if you want protein from animals, go with organic chicken, eggs, or wild-caught fish instead. Those animal foods do not harm the gut. Now, when it comes to plant-based foods, it's not all great, folks. I'm not here going to say, oh, plant-based are good. No, soy is one you want to stay away from. Soy made traditionally in Asia, it's healthy. But most of the soy we consume in the United States is genetically modified and processed in ways that make it less than ideal for our bodies. I cover a big section of this in my book about soy. It is not good for us. And studies have shown that a diet high in soy can have rapid, large-scale negative effects on gut bacteria, particularly the lactobacillus and the bifidobacteria. And these two strains are the most important for microbial health. So, I mean, the next one may surprise you. I'm going to probably knock a few out of, you, out of your chair. Uh, it's considered a superfood, not a good food for your gut. Kale. That's right. Kale, it's very abrasive. It can act like sandpaper to the colon. So if you have gut issues, kale can aggravate your condition. So if you absolutely love kale, now kale's got healthy attributes. I'm not saying kale's bad, but just don't eat it in raw, you know, raw in salads and instead scrub the leaves a little bit and then boil it for at least seven minutes. This is going to soften up and get rid of the abrasive fibrous content that can aggravate your gut. Another thing you want to avoid is um, sugar. That's a big no-no. Just like uh, you have to eat for survival, so do the bacteria in your digestive tract. And while some foods are prebiotic, meaning they break down into substances that feed the good bacteria in the body, sugar feeds the bad guys. So the more sugar or sweeteners you eat, the more that they can grow and eventually start crowding out the good bacteria. So you get more bad than you do good. And that's what sugar does. And you don't need it. There's a lot of natural sugar alternatives out there that are sweet. You can go with stevia, monk fruit, and honey, dark chocolate. If you got a sweet tooth, that's a great way to satisfy that sweet tooth. It contains flavanols that supports gut health. Yes, ladies, dark chocolate's good for the gut. And the next thing I want to discuss, it's a popular item. It's the most popular in America is coffee. You know, when it comes to gut, what 
is, is coffee good for you? Is it good, bad, bad for you? Well, I will tell you that when I was in college, we were taught coffee contributed to high blood pressure, heart disease, and even cancer. It was the worst thing you could put in your body. Literally, it was, it was the worst. Today, research shows quite the opposite. It actually prevents disease. Coffee prevents everything from dementia, Parkinson's disease, to diabetes. So there's no denying the science that coffee has health benefits. However, if you have gut issues like irritable bowel syndrome, ulcerative colitis, or Crohn's disease, coffee should be avoided. It causes peristalsis, which is the involuntary muscle constriction of your colon. Having a spastic colon isn't the best idea if you suffer from gut issues, right? Who wants a spastic colon? And that's what coffee does. Also, current research shows that some people can't metabolize coffee as well as others. So how do you know if you fall into that category? Listen to your body. If you drink coffee and you feel alert and it puts you in a great mood and you're productive at work, hey, you're in the group that can metabolize coffee. Enjoy your daily java. If you drink coffee, you get a stomach ache, gurgling of the stomach, diarrhea, heart palpitations, or if you get anxiety after drinking coffee, you're in that group that can't metabolize it. Don't drink it. Not productive for the body. When it comes to gut health, something else that you should eliminate is hard liquor, especially if it's not diluted. If you've ever taken a shot of liquor, what happens? You know what happens? It burns the back of your throat, right? Imagine what it's doing to the delicate, healthy bacteria of your gut. Hard liquor is caustic to the gut. You're better off drinking beer or wine. If you have to do a liquor, go with tequila. It's much more gut-friendly since it contains dietary fiber, probiotics, and it has fructans, which actually have immune-boosting properties. So that's the best one of choice of all the evils is that one there is the, uh, you know, get the little margarita there, enjoy that with tequila. Fruit juices, let's talk about that. I hear a lot of people saying, you know, fruit's good for you, so I'll just drink it all and get more into my body. Actually, it's not good for the gut. Fruit juices like orange, apple, and cranberry juice should be avoided. They contain massive amounts of sugar, which, as we talked about, can cause inflammation in the gut. So instead... Eat your fruits. Fruits are great for you. The skin and the pulp, which is filtered out in juice, is actually healing to the gut. It, it, it buffers out the sugar. Pectin in apples has been shown to improve gut flora, but not apple juice. So <laughs> they're filtering out all the good stuff. Blueberries are another great choice. They have a low glycemic index, so they won't spike your blood sugar. Really good for the gut. And if you want to eat uh, other foods, go for fermented foods. are really good for the gut, like kimchi, sauerkraut, and pickles. And look for words on the label that says naturally fermented. If you see that on the label... Good stuff. Fermented foods, let me tell you, they help strengthen that gut microbiome. Also drink kombucha tea. This is fermented tea beverage, very rich in antioxidant. It benefits the healthy bacteria found in your digestive tract, so it's really good. And by the way, as my dentist told me, it's very bad for the teeth, so you may want to do a straw or just don't swish it in your mouth. Make sure it doesn't hit the teeth, but it's really good. I drink it three, four times a week. Vegetables are also great, but research shows diversity is the key. If you want veggies, look for the color of the rainbow. It's actually better for the gut. Don't eat just one veggie. Throw in some yellow squash, some red beets, some orange carrots, green spinach into the mix. Get that rainbow. Eat them in salads or stir fry, which is a great way to eat a variety of colors. And what about probiotics? I hear that all the time about how probiotics will help the gut heal and stay healthy. It is, is it something you should take? I'm a fan of actually taking probiotic. However, it's not going to heal your gut. 
It's not the magic cure-all. If you have a bucket that's leaking, keep thinking about this, and you keep adding more water, but it still has a hole on the bottom, it doesn't address the cause, right? Same thing, if you have a leaky gut, which destroys your microbiomes, and you keep adding probiotics, this doesn't address the problem. Instead, you should focus on treating the cause of your gut issues, and then you won't have to rely on a probiotic supplement. So focus on the fire, not the smoke. All right, we're about out of time. I've shared several gut-destroying chemicals, how to avoid them. Hopefully you've written those down, stay away from them. Uh, the worst gut-destroying foods and beverages, and I've mentioned some ones that you should add to your daily diet to promote a healthy gut. There you have it, my recipe for gut rejuvenation, healing, and disease prevention. I've had many patients heal their gut, and they're able to get off antidepressants. They're not, no longer depressed because they healed their gut. A happy gut creates a happy person. I've had patients bounce back after Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, and irritable bowel syndrome simply by avoiding microbiome-destroying chemicals and eating a gut healthy diet. That's the key. The digestive tract, folks, let me tell you, it's its an amazing entity. It, it has innate and self-healing abilities. It's, it's, it's powerful. It's self-healing. It's self-generating. The key is just eliminating the gasoline that's fanning the flames that's burning inside of you. That's the key. All right. If you want to stay up to date with all my latest articles, including the ones I mentioned today, or videos or on my podcast, you can go to drdavidfriedman.com. And while there, be sure and sign up for my free newsletter for the latest health tips, tidbits, and news you can use. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Dr. David Friedman. On Instagram, I'm at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard me share something today that somebody you know can benefit from hearing, send them a link to this podcast available to yourgoodhealthradio.com and radiomd.com. And while you're there, be sure and check out our podcast library. Share these segments with friends, family, coworkers, and send them out on social media. This information is too important to keep to yourself. You can subscribe to future podcasts at iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.